Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. We were all set to be nothing but Andor, and Disney has decided to keep us waiting just a little bit longer. But it's okay, friends, because we've got books to talk about, we've got shows to talk about, we're going to have upcoming episodes on Dark Disciple and Padawan, and maybe even some other books. But today, we are continuing our Rebels coverage with Season 3 episodes 17 and 18 of Star Wars Rebels. All that more after a commercial break that I have no control over, Sarah has no control over, poor Agent Callus has no control over, but Grand Admiral Thrawn, he just might control everything. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Matthew, your host. I use they, them pronouns. And I'm Sarah. I use she, her pronouns. Sarah, so glad to have you back with us. Um, yeah, so what do you think about these episodes? We're, we're, we're kind of having some pretty plot-heavy, moving things along episodes of uh, Rebels right about now. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that we're back with Thrawn. We've got like a couple of Thrawn-heavy episodes mm-hmm. in it, and um, it seems like things are really moving along we're getting closer and closer to the battle of yavin closer and closer to the you know a new a new hope timeline um yeah and it's just like the the excitement and the tension is building definitely definitely yeah i think the two episodes are a really nice pairing in that way and that like one of them is kind of really about the empire the other one's all about the rebellion but both of them yeah it's definitely building excitement realizing we're coming out of this period you know, when Star Wars Rebels first started, it was about the Empire's in total control. A, a few people are like, you know, poking at it every now and then on the edges, and it's an irritant, but no one's seriously challenging things. By the end of episode 18, our second episode today, the fleet has arrived, Mon Mothma's given her speech, and, and you can see we're barreling forward towards Rogue One and A New Hope. Mm-hmm. So let's start with that first episode, episode 17. Uh, and I'll read the, the summary. An Imperial light cruiser over Lothal intercepts a shuttle fleeing the planet. On board are Ezra Bridger and the droids Chopper and AP-5. Ezra tells Agent Callus that the rebels believe the Empire has intercepted his last transmission as Fulcrum and they've come to help him defect if his cover is blown. Grand Admiral Thrawn arrives in his Star Destroyer Chimera and informs the officers on board that he has asked C- Colonel Wolf Yalaren of the ISB, formerly of Clone Wars, to locate the rebel spy in their midst. Callus swipes the code, code cylinder with that of Lieutenant Lyle and uses, uh, no, li- list. list. He swaps his code cylinder with that of Lieutenant List and uses List's credentials to free Ezra and infiltrate Thrawn's office, where the droids erase where the droids erase the planet that they're on from Thrawn's database and tramit, transmit clearance codes for Kanan and Rex to rescue them. List, believing Governor Price to be the traitor, stuns her as she tries to stop the rebels from leaving, and he is arrested as the spy. With List believed to be Fulcrum, Callus decides to remain with the Empire, although in conversation with Yularen, Thrawn reveals that he knows Callus is the spy and intends to use him to their advantage. Serious dun-dun-dun-da moment. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Callus. I love Callus. He's so smart so much of the time, but not mm-hmm. leaving with Ezra and Rex uh, there was just like the biggest dumb, dumb move. Like you, you got to go. You got to know that your cover is blown, even mm-hmm. if you've pinned it on list like momentarily. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like the, uh, the I think like Yularen y- y- says at the end of this, like I'm concerned about how smoothly everything has fallen into place, <laughs> and it's like absolutely everything yeah. has gone you too too smoothly. It's too clearly, it's too obviously list. He has to be a red herring, right? I definitely agree with you. I'm not sure it's. I, I think it's definitely the wrong move Callus makes. I, my sense, though, was that it wasn't just him being stupid, though that's probably a part of it. It's that he is still wrestling. He still can't fully commit to the idea of just joining the rebels outright, in part because he doesn't trust them, in part because I think he's just still wrestling with himself. You know, the episode starts with that great moment of him just kind of looking at himself in the sink, in the mirror, and like, you know, clearly thinking about things. When, when Ezra comes to rescue him, you can see him sort of still kind of not quite trusting Ezra as well as just yeah I I think he's just he really is a person of loyalty and honor in his own weird way and he he knows the Empire's wrong but he's just not ready to cross that line yet and it's it's heartbreaking because it it may well get him killed yeah like it's very (sighs) upsetting the status quo is always like a risk and always uncomfortable right and like it's his little life here. He feels like he's doing a lot of good as Fulcrum, you know, fighting against the emperor, Empire. But, like, yeah, making, like you said, making that full leap towards being a rebel versus like, being a rebel spy seems to be an important distinction in, in Kalos's mind. And he says, like, I can do more good here, too. So I think there mm-hmm. might be some of that, like, self-flagellation as well. Like, he yeah. doesn't want the rebels to risk themselves to rescue him because, you know, he's part of this evil organization and he has to atone for it. Right. To, and like, to his ultimate demise, I think, is is, how, is what he feels like he needs to do to, like, alleviate his guilt. Yeah, I mean, I can see him having kind of a sacrificial aspect to it, you know, mm-hmm. that he maybe he doesn't deserve to be rescued, that he needs to keep doing this. Yeah. I I also wonder, and I, I don't I don't think we've seen any evidence for this, but we also haven't seen any evidence necessarily the other way. We've seen him be very critical of Admiral Thrawn. We've seen him be very critical about what the Empire is doing on Lothal and in these specific areas. I'm not sure if he has yet gone, like if he has gone to the place of the Empire is bad and wrong and I should never have been a part of it. Or if some part of him still believes that the Empire is what will bring peace and order to the galaxy, but that Thrawn is, you know, too aggressive and that, you know, this, that, like, so he's against this, but maybe he's not quite ready to turn his back on the Empire entirely. And some part of him hopes that, like, getting rid of Thrawn will, you know, you talked at the beginning about how Thrawn seemed okay with civilian casualties and mm-hmm. all these things that Callus is sort of against. It's it's odd that Callus is sort of against civilian casualties, even though he like genocided an entire planet. But yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah I, I get like he is very like I guess disgusted at this point with the idea of civilian casualties and seems disillusioned. If not with the Empire, then at least like his treatment within the Empire and like the Empire's yeah. treat like his faction that's going on right now, and like clearly he joined the Empire for a reason. Right? Like, there, presumably mm-hmm. at one point he thought that what the Empire was doing was, like, good. And, I mean, the Empire wants everybody who joins the Empire to think that what they're doing is good, right? I feel right. like we're evil, blah, is not an excellent campaign strategy. I, I mean, I think what they were very good at doing was the, you know, this is the whole point of the Clone Wars, is that there, it had been so much chaos mm-hmm. and so much horror that here comes the Empire who's going to bring law and order and they're going to clean up the streets and they're going to 
I use the phrase very intentionally, make the trains run on time. Sure, yeah. And in chaotic times, people often want that. And uh, the book Lost Star, I'm sorry, Fallen Star gives a really wonderful description of uh, of how this can happen. And and yeah, I think I think Callis definitely strikes me as that. He seems like the sort of person who is he was willing to cross lines that now he's regretting, but he did genuinely believe that like the people of Lothal would be better if these rebels stopped causing trouble and the empire just sort of brought you know, peace and justice and order and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I think he's totally wrong, but I understand why he would think that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's, um, it, even we were talking a bit in, like, Obi-Wan. Um, oh, I forgot her name, but uh, she she was, like, the, the character who was part of the Empire and said, like, she joined because oh, yeah. she wanted um, to bring order. I totally am blanking on her name. I'm sorry. Um, but but yeah, right? Like it's I think I feel like a lot of people probably join the Empire because it's like, okay, yeah, we like it's been chaos. Let's get some order here. And let's bring peace to the galaxy, right? Like mm-hmm. we would like peace. And then it has slowly turned into this like peace with like a big old asterisk of you know, like we peace at any cost. Peace at like total submission piece of like annihilation of freedom mm-hmm. which yeah not great and i do think like callus is yeah disillusioned with it right like he's cl- he's a rebel spy he's clearly helping the rebels as fulcrum doing his best to, to help them but yeah he just like i don't know i don't know if he genuinely believes that his his plan to like voice this blame on list was such a roaring success that like thrawn right. wouldn't figure it out or that like maybe um Yalaren trusts him enough that that he would back him up mm-hmm. against Thrawn or something like that. Um, but yeah, well, especially because I, I think especially because you know just to further complicate things for Callus because we haven't really gotten inside his head much. I also think a lot of what he's doing is just his debt of honor to mm-hmm. Zeb because mm-hmm. Zeb saving his life. But also what he did to Zeb's people, and that now he has seen, and and, and yeah, I, I think I think on some level the callus probably doesn't quite know where one of these feelings starts and another feeling stops, and maybe that's also part of why he's quite not quite ready to just throw in with the rebels entirely. Totally, yeah. Well, I mean, as soon as Ezra comes on board, like he recognizes the quote unquote bounty hunter is obviously Ezra, and he's pissed, um, and then. Is talking to him. He's like, "You're so dumb. Why are you here? Like, you came here to mm-hmm. warn me that they're on to me. Are you like ridiculous? Why would you put yourself at risk like this?" And he seems upset that like Ezra would go to this trouble for him. And then when Ezra says, "Like, no, I didn't just come to like relay a message. We're getting you out of here." Like, Callus is kind of like, "Well, I guess I don't have a choice now. Guess you didn't leave me, yeah. leave me an option. Guess I have to come." And I don't know. Like, he seems resigned to it, and it seems like kind of like twist my rubber arm like mm-hmm. he's clearly not thrilled but yeah at the end he just i think i thought it was really strange that he didn't he didn't ultimately mm-hmm. go with him and yeah i i don't know if i'm projecting here because i do i do have a lot of feelings about callus and maybe this is what <laughs> i wanted to see but i definitely felt like both when he realizes that first just that ezra might have come to protect him but then literally to save him that he has a moment of being kind of surprised that someone cares about him that much and that he is – he's touched, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and like in a good way. And he quickly covers that up with like, how could you be so stupid? Yeah, but, yeah, very like flabbergasted kind of uptight yeah. callous, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's a nice moment. You mentioned Yularen. Um, It's hard to see him here. You know, Yularen was Mm -hmm. one of the good guys in theory. He was part of the Republic during the Clone Wars. And, you know, he was kind of one of our, like, yeah, he was one of our good guys. And it's it's just hard because, but it makes sense. You know, I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm currently reading this book about the the rise and the literally, literally the book I'm reading is the rise and fall of the Third Reich. It's one of the most famous histories about Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. and one of the things I'm really struck by is the military who were, you know, deeply upset about uh, like not necessarily the, the 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 line soldiers, but a lot of the generals like hated the things Hitler was doing, hated what it was doing to like their con- culture and their country, but they also believed they had sworn an oath to their military and they had to follow it and i'm i'm not for a moment justifying it to be clear i still think like they should have done far more to be like no we can't be part of this mm-hmm. and that's an extreme example but i do think that it 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 shows that there's a military perspective of we have to respect the leaders even if we disagree and don't like the leaders and i don't i don't agree like i said i think that's wrong i think that's that's that can be a war crime it's not an excuse but I get that that's where Yularen would be, that if Yularen believed that the Jedi all of a sudden had turned on everyone and that the Emperor was the only one to save it and that the Emperor, the Empire could bring peace, I can see Yularen maybe like not being thrilled about it, but following orders because that's what he's good at. And it, it's sad, but it's so real. Yeah, it, it, it's strange because like Yularen's not dumb at all, right? Like he's a very, very mm-hmm. smart man. He, he's like the head of the ISB, right? Um, or, like, at least some higher up in the ISP. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it seems like he's fully bought in to the, the Empire's lies, right? Because, yeah, like, he worked really closely with a number of Jedi. Like, he was our, like, opening voice at the beginning of every episode of Clone Wars. Um, yeah, so it, it, it does feel like, I don't know, like, seeing your old teachers, like, suddenly decided mm-hmm. to, like, take this this drastic turn, and you're like, what? But I thought you yeah. were cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, like, he still seems nice, right? Which I think is the problem. Like, he seems mm-hmm. like a nice guy. Um, but here he is working for the Empire, not, like, just kind of towing the party line, going along with it, and not... Like, doesn't want to stand up to it in any way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I don't know. I think I'm, like, far more forgiving of, like, some random planet buying into the Empire's propaganda than I am mm-hmm. for, like, high-up military generals who, like, you have yeah. you have all the puzzle pieces. You could, you could put this puzzle together if you really wanted to. Yeah, especially, I mean, if he's ISB, then he's learning all these secrets. Mm-hmm. And probably he's seeing that the, you know, the ISB is the ones who are investigating the senators and all this kind of stuff. And he's probably seeing that, like, the protections people are supposed to have in the Republic are all going away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely, uh, I... I I, I can sympathize with you, Lauren, and I can see his story. I think is is a real one, but yeah, I can't I can't forgive him or excuse him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Thrawn once again. I I feel like we're really starting to see the brilliance and the tacticianness mm. of Thrawn. Like it's always very difficult when a writer wants to t- to tell you how smart a character is, and there's often a sort of like show don't tell, but like. You have to be really smart to be able to write a character <laughs> showing that they're really smart. Sure. And the first one or two episodes, I definitely felt like it was a little more telling than showing. Mm-hmm. But I think now, like here, the way he figures it out, the way he puts the pieces together, 
there's definitely a little bit of kind of an evil Sherlock Holmes at work that it's is very effective as a character i think like one of the best villains we've had so far yeah and and still very believable levels of like putting Mm -hmm. stuff together um right because like i think ultimately how he he pins this on callus like knowing without a without a shadow of a doubt that it is callus right like he and yularen are talking yularen's like that was too conveniently list like everything wrapped up with too nice and neat of a little bow i've got suspicions and mm-hmm. thrawn is like absolutely i have suspicions as well it's definitely not list we're putting him away for the for the show of it right because it's actually mm-hmm. callus and here's why it's callus and he uses um the helmet that ezra had in his bounty hunter disguise which was painted by sabine and he just points out that, like, it's the same color of paint that we see on, like, Sabine's graffiti. It's the same style of art. It's mm-hmm. a loth cat, which is, like, low-key their mascot. So, therefore, Sabine painted this helmet. Therefore, our prisoner was most likely yeah. some on Phoenix Squad, probably Ezra Bridger, which Callus would have noticed when they came on board the ship. Therefore, Callus is Fulcrum. And he's, like, pinned this on List, because List is a dummy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All too, List is like all too willing to believe Callus and just wants mm-hmm. to be important. I think is is List's ultimate downfall. I think so. Yeah, he's he's very trusting. Um, oh God, who is it who says you're too trusting? Um, that's like a famous line. I feel in in Star Wars at some point, but now oh? I can't. Oh, it's General Tarkin to Princess Leia mm. when she says like he thinks that she confesses where the. The rebel bases on Datooine as a way to save Alderaan. You're too trusting. Sure. Um, I don't know why I just made it German, but anyway. Turkey <laughs> could be German, that's fair. But yeah, yeah and it's exactly. weird that like you bring up Leia, because like List the last time we encountered List is when he was being like thoroughly talked down to by fourteen year old Leia for, Oh, like, that's who he okay, yeah. yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I recognize this voice. Yeah. He's he's just really one of those people who gets bossed around and I you know, I mean again, uh Yularen seeing that they're not exactly the 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 party of truth and justice, mm-hmm. they're sh- they both now know that List is innocent, and they're still letting him be in jail just oh, to like yeah. commit to the bit. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Callus has that last line that is just delivered with such like delicious scenery chewing evil of Agent Fulcrum repro- will prove far more useful to the Empire than Callus ever was. Yeah, Th- Thrawn says that. Yeah, and and I just love it again. Of uh, like this is. You know, him realizing, like, the quick thing to do, what what a lot of the people who are just filled with rage and who aren't, like, planners would just be like, okay, let's go arrest Callus now. And he's like, no, let's, let's let Callus feel safe. Yeah. And let's catch Callus. Let's let's give false information to Callus. Let's follow Callus. And, and, yeah, he's far more effective that way. Yeah. Well, and even, like, Thrawn figures out that Callus has been into his computer and has, like, messed around with his star chart somehow. Um, I don't think... He's pinpointed that it's, like, Atolion that he's deleted, which is where the rebel base, like, chopper base is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's figured out that, like, that is the planet that was deleted, therefore that's where it is. But he can tell that, like, he mucked something up. And when he was, like, looking at the um, star charts in front of Kalos, he was like, hmm, nope, everything seems good and cool and chill here. Guess they didn't do anything. Cool. So, like, Kalos has this idea that... They've pulled it one over on Thrawn, which is just yeah. so, like, you haven't. You definitely haven't, my dude. You can't pull something over on Thrawn. That's Thrawn's whole deal. Yeah, Thrawn is so good at playing. I mean, he's basically been playing the long game this entire season. Oh, yeah. Like, like we maybe the Empire, like, Palpatine is maybe the only one better at playing the long game than Thrawn. Mm-hmm. I think it's so true. A couple other small things in the episode that I really liked. Um, 
First of all, um, Thrawn uses the code word Rook as the way to kind of shut down the the droids that he's fighting with and later come after him. Um, that's a great callback to the original books that Thrawn was in, the Heir to the Empire books, where Rook is the name of his, um, the race is called the Nogri, I think it's how you pronounce it, N-O-G-H-R-I, but they're this race of sort of like cat-like assassins who are loyal to, to the Empire, at least at the start of the books, and and Rook is the name of the one who's his personal bodyguard. So huh. I, I love that, that that little bit of a callback. I also love the callback to the Kalakari and yes. like him recognizing their art. Um, and and just uh, Ezra is getting better at mind control. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there's a lot of like a lot of things have been growing. Yeah, like this this whole plan again comes together very well. Of like. Let's pin this on list. Let's get lists to go after uh, the senator and like um, pin it like or sorry, governor, Governor Price, right? Like Callus kind of insinuates that Governor Price is clearly the rebel spy, mm-hmm. and List is just like, I am on it. I'm going to prove to Thrawn how good and cool I am, and it very conveniently works into place that like Price. Right, like she she attacks some stormtroopers, which is like such suspicious behavior. Except those stormtroopers are obviously um, like Rex and uh, Kanan mm-hmm. in disguise, and it, they like right. She just happens to beat them up, and then List sees this, and like Callus stealing List's code cylinder to be able to use that, and Ezra mind controls the guard to say like, "I'm List, please let me in now." And then so the guard's like, "List is in there right now when you're." creepy mm. robot assassin droid is going to come after you which like that like Thrawn is also just showing off too right like because when um, List and Callus come in f- to meet with Yalaren to like be told that hey there's a rebel spy on the ship the first thing they see is Thrawn just like shirtless beating up these robots <laughs> and it's like that's like you you knew what time you scheduled this meeting for like he's just he's just showing off at that point I, I think that's, it, it's he's showing off in one of two ways. Either it's the I want you to see how badass I am, or it's the I am so important that I don't have to pay attention to my schedule, and when you arrive, I will deal with you on my own time. You know, yeah. but either way, it's a total flex. Pro- probably both. You know, a little of both I've yeah. in there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Anything more on this one, or should we move to the the rebel side of things? Um. Yeah. Just like again, still still in love with Callus. Callus is great. Mm-hmm. Take care yeah, of yourself, I, my sweet baby. Yeah. Every now and then I look at his hair color, which is kind of similar to mine. And I, because I was just at Gen Con, there's some great cosplay. I want to go to some Star Wars cons. I'm thinking of cosplaying. And I wonder if I can somehow like shave my facial hair to look like his. I think you and need if to I add do it, like spirit glue some mutton chops on, but yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then if I do it, do I have to like shave everything off because it's just going to look so ridiculous immediately <laughs> afterwards. But I, I might commit to the bit that hard. So That's so we'll good. see. It's good. All right. Episode 18. Do you want to read this one? Yeah. Episode 18. The crew of the ghost waits in a junk field to rendezvous with... Eh, blah, blah. The crew of the Ghost waits in a junk field to rendezvous with and refuel a rebel ship carrying a secret cargo. The Ghost is found by an Imperial infiltrator probe droid, which the crew manages to destroy, but not before it transmits their location to the Empire. The rebel ship arrives, and the quote-unquote cargo is revealed to be Senator Mon Mothma, who is on the run after recently speaking out against the Empire Emperor, who is on the run after recently speaking out against the Emperor in the Senate. 
Two Imperial cruisers arrive, and Ezra joins Gold Squadron to fight off the TIE fighters and disable one of the cruisers, as Mothma and her crew evacuate to the Ghost. Grand Animal Thrawn surmises that Hera will attempt to escape the, the sector via the Archon Nebula, and he sends two tar- Star Destroyers and a prototype TIE Defender to intercept them. Hera manages to destroy two TIEs by flying close to a star, but the Defender survives and manages to destroy most of Gold Squadron, except for Ezra and Gold Leader. As the ghost leaves the nebula, it's caught in the tractor beam by Governor Price's Star Destroyer. Ezra and Gold Leader manage to disable the TIE Defender with ion cannons, and then exit the nebula and fire their proton torpedoes into it, triggering an explosion, which causes massive damage to both Star Destroyers. Escaping into hyperspace, the the ghost brings Mothma to Dantooine, where she transmits a message to all rebel cells, urging the formation of the Rebel Alliance. As the, gross, as the ghost crew watches in amazement, dozens of capital ships from all around the galaxy drop out of hyperspace in response to the call to rebellion. So I spe- I've seen this now. This is my third time watching it through. And you'd think that I'd be pretty jaded to most of it. <laughs> I got chills in that last scene. Like, I just teared up a bit. It was just such a powerful, like, she makes this incredibly powerful call of, like, resistance. She resigns her place of power. She stands up to, uh, you know, she refuses to hide because she feels like she has to be seen. And people respond and come to fight. I just, how did it hit you? Yeah, I think I think it's shot really well, too, right? Like, she... We, we meet her early-ish in the episode, and she gets to hang out with Hera a bit and talk about how, you know, she's tried so hard fighting the system from within the system and mm-hmm. just realizes that, you know, she can't. She's got to take it down from the outside. Um, gives this incredibly passionate speech about how, like, you know, please, please join me in this rebellion. And then we just wait. And there's, like, a moment before any ship shows up, right? Like, a real solid mm-hmm. beat. And then there's one ship. And then you can see that everyone's a little bit like takes a breath with this one ship and then more start coming. And then there's just a fleet. And it's yeah. really powerful yeah, to see not only how she resonates with people, but just like how how ready everyone is to form this rebel alliance. Right. How how sick of the empire, how over the empire they are, I guess. For sure. And everyone like heeds this call to action. It's really nice. And I feel like it's a sign of how good this episode is. That the physics make absolutely no sense. (laughs) Like, I don't for a moment understand how these major flares from the nebula affect the Star Destroyers, but not the much smaller Ghost or the Y-Wings. And I also don't understand how this many ships were that close to where they were that they could disappear, you know, go into hyperspace and appear like 30 seconds to a minute or two later. Mm-hmm. But I don't care because yeah. everything about the episode is just so much fun. <laughs> the um, Seeing the Rebel Alliance come together, getting to see more of Mon Mothma as a character. Um, uh, for those of you who may not immediately recognize the name we're talking about, she is the, the leader of the Rebel Alliance. She's the one who gives the speech towards the end of Re- Return of the Jedi about how the Bothan slaves have died to bring us this information. She's the leader of the Rebellion. She's in Rogue One as well. And um, brief spoiler based on trailers for an upcoming TV show, Silence yourself for 30 seconds if you don't want to know this, <laughs> but she is going to be in the Andor series. Yeah. Because uh, that's about the, the, like, in some ways, I think Andor might be running parallel to Rebels, which could mm-hmm. be really fun. That'll be another story. But yeah, definitely. It was just, there was just so much I loved about this episode. Yeah, it was great. And like, 
we didn't have Kanan at all in this episode. Which, like, I don't think I noticed until, like, my second time through, right? Like, Ezra makes some sort of throwaway comment mm-hmm. about, like, I guess I see why Kanan picked doing supply runs this episode. And, like, he didn't really feature huge in the last episode either, which is kind of, like... I kind of like that we've sort of brought our focus away from the Jedi for a sec and into, like, yeah. the Empire and now the Rebellion as as a whole, right? And it sort of makes sense that Kanan is kind of on the fringes of that. Like, the Jedi are part of the Rebel Alliance. Right. But not... They're not the only thing, right? They're not the Rebel mm-hmm. Alliance. The Rebel Alliance is mostly just these, like, band of Rebel fighters who've all gathered together to decide to, you know, stand up to the Empire. Um, so I'm glad that we've kind of pulled back from that a little bit and are getting to see some of these scenes. And also just, yeah, I, like, more Hera, which is nice, too. I love Hera. Yeah, I think it's very true. And I'll also say, with no spoilers about what it's about, but also, we continue to not get much of Ezra and Kanan in the next couple episodes, especially mm-hmm. the next one. And, and yeah, I think it's it's nice that we're getting that focus. I think it also might be something about, like, you know, towards the end of the season, people are getting some vacation time or something. Sure, or, yeah. like, salaries are running out. I don't really know. But... Whatever it is, it's just phenomenal. A couple other just small... Oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, just like the interactions between Mon Mothma and who I keep wanting to call Mon Mothra, which mm, I might yep, accidentally nope. do. So like apologies in advance. But um, Mon Mothma and Hera just like sitting and talking, especially because like, like Mon Mothma was the only other... Well, okay, there's Amperu. And then Mon Mothma, right? And those are, like, the two other female characters in the original Star Wars Mm -hmm. trilogy. And, like, they didn't get to talk to each other. So just having her and Hera sit and chat about, like, life and rebellion and, you know, the decisions they had to make. Yeah, it's just, like, it's cool and chill. And I like it. And, like, low-key wish that Sabine was there, but I get she's off dealing with her own family drama right now. I -hmm. like that... I really love that, like, she and Hera are, like, talking a lot in the cockpit of the ghost. And so you can see, like, Sabine's chair in the background, which she's decorated with her, like, punk mm-hmm. rock hound's tooth pattern and, like, the orange and the red. So, like, she's kind of there in this, like, symbolic way. Yeah. It's cool. It's great. Yeah. It, it really is. It's just such a nice moment for those characters. It's nice to see... You know, especially because it's Mon Mothma who's the leader. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, she totally trusts Hera. Oh, yeah. There's one great line where she starts talking to the to Governor Price in the Star Destroyer up above. And Hera looks at her and goes, what are you doing? What's your plan? And she says, oh, I'm just stalling while you figure out a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is such a nice way of her sort of acknowledging, like, I'm the politics. I'll give the speeches. But yeah. <laughs> you're the military. And Hera, you need to do this. And totally. it's just such a great moment for both of them. Yeah. And it's. It's also, it's like so nice having her step out too, because like the first folks we meet are just like random gold squadron people who are just like instantly pissed at the Phoenix squadron for mm-hmm. like no good reason. Um, right? Like the Phoenix squadron is there to refuel them and gets intercepted by this probe droid who's the same um, model of droid that we saw like show up to the uh, base when. Zeb was Mm -hmm. in charge, and yeah, so it's like that kind of probe droid, not the like jellyfish kind of probe droid. Um, And uh, that's another, okay, I I kind of also like this moment where they like shut everything down, because it's going to scan them, and I'm like, that's like, why wouldn't it just scan for life signs first? Mm -hmm. That's a weird order to do things, but it does seem like it does a general like scanning for electric signals first, and then like its subsequent scan is for life signals. 
because right. it does that pass, doesn't see anything, but decides to like stay and investigate. So I think that's like a nice kind of explanation as to why shutting off your ship will somehow like mm-hmm. maybe skirt you under these these uh, scans. Um, and shutting off Chopper too, tragically, much to, much to Chopper's chagrin. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they they go after it, they try and shoot it down. There's like some fun little banter between Ezra and Zeb about like mm-hmm. you should be shooting that, and Ezra's like, yes, I know, I'm, <laughs> I'm actively trying to do that. Um, and the Gold Squadron is like really upset that this pro droid has like found them. They're like, well, you should have just stayed undetected, like you were ordered to do. And it's like. Yeah, no shit. Like, I, I, that's yeah. what we were actively trying to do. We weren't like, let's go hang out with this probe droid or anything like that. And it's um, like Mon Mothma's attache who's like, that probe droid was undoubtedly here for us, gang. Like, maybe mm-hmm. let's be a little bit more chill. Yeah. Um, and like Gold 2, or like Gold Leader maybe at the end of the episode, like... They fly together, they learn to trust Ezra, especially Gold, like, the Gold yeah. Leader tells Ezra to, like, lead them out of the nebula. And at the end of the episode, they say, like, oh, you can be my wingman anytime. That's not it. That's the line they're referencing, though. Um, yeah. You can, you can fly on my squadron anytime or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just, like, yeah, nice. Yeah, the, the top, top gun Val Kilmer lived yes. again in this. Delightful. Yeah, I, th- I think it's very true. And I especially like it because at the beginning, when you see Gold Squadron being much more uptight... Like, there's a great moment where they're just shocked and amazed that Chopper backtalks them. Yes. <laughs> and it, to me, it helps show that, yeah, there is actually, like, a real military with a real sort of military mm-hmm. decorum for, for, forming. And the ghost crew is pretty far outside of that, you mm-hmm. know? And it, it's a kind of nice reminder that also just as a nice callback and continuing the way that this is just sort of paying things off from the, the whole season – you know, we've known from the beginning that one of the things Thrawn really cared about was this program to develop a new kind of TIE fighter. Mm-hmm. And that was like way back in some of the first episodes in the factory on Lothal and what they blew up and stuff like that. So seeing now this prototype of the new fighter, it, it's just another way of reminding like, yeah, this isn't – there's little things they're sprinkling. They're not hitting you over the head with it, but it's all being paid off. Yeah. It seems like this episode was full of like fun – callbacks too, like even within the episode right like the the pilot of the um destroyer was vault mm-hmm. skerig who was the um the teacher at the the imperial academy like the flight instructor who had like mm-hmm. a really great mustache tragic we didn't get to see that mustache uh, in this episode true. but true, and there true. are also just like so many little lines referencing the original trilogy Mm-hmm. Right? Like um, like right behind you, gold leader. I think is something that Ezra says. Um, there's not a it came from behind, but like a couple other lines that are are in that mm-hmm. sort of like trench scene, which is neat because like that's also where we first see Mon Mothma. So it's like right. tying everything together just with these like subtle little nods to the fans that are like mm-hmm. it's not important if you pick up these lines, but it's fun if you if you do. Especially as, you know, what we're seeing with Gold Squadron, like that's the name given to the Y-Wings at the Battle of Yavin, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Yawin. I, I I always get that wrong. People can yell at me, whatever. The, I think it's a place v, where Luke, <laughs> What'd you say? I think it's a hard V, Yavin. Yeah, Yavin. The place where Luke blows up the first Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be a really interesting to uh, to see how... To, I, I just love seeing all the callbacks are planting there. Yeah, so. it's good. Yeah. Or like, right, well, stay on it. target. Stay on target is the line. There we stay go. Sorry, target. I'm like yep. trying to think of it. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I think that's about all I had for the episodes. Uh, we'll keep this episode a little bit short in part because we have uh, a kind of a fun 
fun light episode next week and then one of the biggest episodes of the season so we really don't have a lot of time for that one uh but any other last comments you want to make about either of these episodes no just i mean i i guess like ap5 and chopper in uh the the first episode 17 were Mm -hmm. delightful as always um and i know we're getting a bit more of them and i'm very pleased with it yeah it's a lot of fun because to me it's like R2-D2 and C-3PO bicker, but you always get the sense that they're sort of, it's the bickering of like either an old married couple or like longtime siblings Mm -hmm. where like, except for briefly at the start of the first movie where they go with different directions, you know, they're always going to come back to each other as much as they bicker. Mm -hmm. AP-5 and uh, Chopper, it's more like, you know, like when you go out to dinner with some friends and like they say they're like they're in a happy couple, but they just the way they talk makes you super uncomfortable because you're like, do these people like each other? I don't honestly know. I feel like that's it. Like AB5 and Chopper feel like they aren't they know they're supposed to like each other in part because they're the only droids around, but they're not really sure about that yet. Yeah. Well, I don't even think it's like is that this couple doesn't like each other. It's like you've gone out to dinner and there's two people who are like, don't worry, I'm not going to bicker with Chopper. We're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. We can have dinner and I can keep it together and we'll be cool. And then as soon as like Chopper opens his mouth, AP5 is like, yeah, but I'm a genius. So what are you even talking about, Chopper? And Chopper's yeah, it's more like going out. going out with two exes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Or they just like have some sort of beef against each other and are trying to prove yeah. that they're the superior droid or whatever. It's great. I, I like that it is like this take on the R2... 3PO mm-hmm. relationship, but it's not just like mimicking it exactly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. It, 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 it's very much the mirror universe, kind of the dark mm-hmm. side, the, the, <laughs> the darker timeline version, yeah. of it, which I like. But I love them both. Like I love both Chopper and AP Five so so much. Mm-hmm. Just in, in they get along so well, ways. and I like to me. You always kind of needed C3PO to be interpreting R2, and like mm-hmm. R2 did fine without him, but they were best with each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important that we had two and a half seasons of Chopper without this. Yeah. To really show, I mean, because Chopper is in a way much more expressive than R2 or really any other astromech droid has been. Mm -hmm. And so now we're bringing in AP5 and it's great, but I feel like Chopper didn't need him in the way that R2-D2 maybe needed a C-3PO at first. Yeah. And I think, like, and we also got, get, like, Chopper from the get-go having Hera understand him the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas, like, in the beginning like Luke doesn't know what R2 is saying at all. Um, I mean, like it, it's a while before R2 and Luke even hook up, right? Like we get right. PO and R2 by themselves at the beginning of the movie for quite a bit. So it makes sense that they're a pairing, but yeah, yeah, totally agree. Like Chopper, Chopper don't need, doesn't need AP5 at all, but it is fun and nice to have him there for, like, from an audience perspective. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, We've seen so much of like Zeb and Chopper bickering and like Zeb, mm-hmm. Chopper, Ezra all bickering. So it's a nice, a nice change for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's a good place to wrap up. Um, Sarah, as always, thank you so much for being a part of this. To our listeners, would love to know what you think. What are your, how do you feel about these episodes? How do you feel about the way this whole season has been building? Uh, we're going to keep talking about Rebels and as the week getting up towards Andor goes on. We're also, as I said, going to do an episode on Dark Disciple. I'm trying to nail down an episode about uh, Padawan, the book that recently came out that I just put up a TikTok on, on that's definitely worth checking out if you've read the book, though it has some spoilers. There's a lot coming up. Let us know what you think. You can find all the ways to give us feedback by going to theethicalpanda.com. There you'll find our Facebook, our Twitter, email us, all the different ways to find us. And most importantly, there you'll find our other podcasts and all the great stuff going on. So I have myself, Sarah, 
Sarah, thank you so much for being our guest. To to all of our fans, thank you all so much for listening. And as fans, be good to each other. Yay. Kenobi. <laughs> that's good. That's that sounds like gonna say I have nothing. I have nothing mm-hmm. to add. No, no.